Welcome to another episode of Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I am Pastor Ken Jones of Glendale Missionary Baptist Church. I am joined by Pastor Aldo Leon, who is the pastor of Reconcile Church, and also Pastor Jose Prado, Christ City Church, Pastor David Menendez, who is our gracious host, and he is the pastor of Tamiami Baptist Church. Uh, over these last several weeks, and I know we're now into the month of November, what we did throughout the month of October was to look at the historical Protestant Reformation, which was celebrated just a few days ago, October 31st. And we've looked at themes related to the Reformation, um, issues uh, over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about um, priesthood of believers, as well as the importance of confessions, because the confessions were the doctrinal statements that came out of the Reformation. These were broader doctrinal statements on everything from the authority of Scripture to what we believe about the person and work of Christ, uh, various terms, justification, sanctification, glorification, eschatology. All of these things are contained in the confessions. And I would certainly encourage, and we talked about this also, I would encourage anyone who is listening to us, if you've never studied or just read any of the historic confessions, I would encourage you to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, I find them to be, um, you know, you're not going to always be in perfect and full agreement on all things, but I find them to be very helpful in articulating in a much more robust fashion than many of the conversations we hear today on doctrinal matters. I love the structure, for instance, of the Heidelberg yeah. uh, Confession or mm -hmm. Catechism. Yeah. It's categorized as three main headings. Um, the first one is guilt, and it deals with creation and then man's fall into sin. The second group of questions deal with grace, and that is God's gift of salvation in the person and work of Christ. So the doctrine of, of justification and election, all of those are contained under the category of grace. The third heading is gratitude, which deals with the Christian life. That, that kind of intentional structuring and the content that's, that, that we find in many of these doctrinal statements. I remember years ago, I was on a Christian website and they were talking about uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. And I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of observing as they are trying to define the Trinity. And I said, and I just, first, my first contribution to the conversation was, has anyone ever heard of the uh, Nicene Creed? Because these things were, because what you guys are saying doesn't make you any different from a Jehovah's Witness. These things have already been articulated and they've been said much better and much more profound than anything I've heard here. Hmm. So we've talked about uh, the confessions, but you brought up an issue last time, uh, Jose, that I think is worth exploring. Yeah. And that is, go, go ahead and repeat the statement. Well, I mean, let me, let me first start with the fact that, you know, I, I myself was, was not one uh, to really hold confessions very highly. And, uh, and, and, and my friend David Menendez, you know, <laughs> uh, taking care of a, of a brother and discipling a brother, actually handed me my first 1689 mm. copy. Did he hand it to you or did he hit you with it? Uh, no. <laughs> he handed it to me. At that point, I hit him. And, and, now, now and, I wouldn't and handle so, <laughs> well, One of the things that David, I remember, was, was talking to me about back then, so probably about a year or two ago, uh, was uh, just, just to hear the voice mm. of the church 
throughout the years. Yes. You know, just to have that weight of brothers, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago who are wrestling with these same issues. The communion of the saints. And the communion of the saints, instead of having this, this, oh, it's just me and Jesus. Now yeah. I'm the pastor of my church and I kind of lead my church and, and it's just me and whatever the Lord, whatever uh, vision and, 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 and um, enlightenment the Lord gives me and that's what I communicate to my church. And, and I think that maybe perhaps uh, the way we have viewed uh, the priesthood of believers and we've, and we've kind of uh, uh, understood it uh, in, a, in, a, in an errorous way uh, is what has taken the church today to kind of like just ignore those confessions, mm. you know. And the other extreme of that could be that we then hold the confessions almost in such highest or same esteem as we hold the inerrant perfect yeah, yeah. infallible word of god mm-hmm. that we no longer engage critically with it or have a dialogue yeah. with it as we continue to be that confessing reforming church and we just teach it and say don't even question anything that's yeah. here yeah that would be i think a wrong attitude to yeah. have yeah. yeah i was interviewed a number of years ago a guy had me on he wanted to talk about confession so i thought i was in friendly territory and so he asked me, he says, well, do you believe that, um, that the, confession, the creeds and confessions are inspired? And I said, yes. And he just jumped on me with both feet. He says, see, that's what's wrong with you reform guys. You are saying that it's equal to the Bible, that your confessions and creeds are equal to the Bible. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. I said, do you think you're preaching? Because he's a pastor. I said, do you think your preaching is inspired? and he says well sure i says then i'm saying that these documents are inspired in the sense that they are led of the spirit that god enables the through the collective wisdom of the saints throughout the years to articulate what is under what they understand about these various doctrines yes in that way i'm not saying they are inspired in the same way that the scriptures are our confessions and creeds are not God-breathed, mm-hmm. if that's what you mean. It's not that. Mm-hmm. But certainly, it's more, uh, if you read a, a Westminster Confession or Heidelberg or the Belgic Confession, if you read these things, certainly that's more than a Sunday school answer on any of these mm-hmm. major issues. Yeah. So we're not saying that they are inspired yeah. in the way that the scriptures are, the are same, inspired. By the same inspired. token, don't just read the confessions, read individual salient teachers of the word of God yes. that, we, that, that, that God has given the church. Because sometimes confessions, they, they, you know, they are this consensus, mm-hmm. right, um, uh, decisions by a body. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a specific truth may really shine very brightly in the in the mouth of a particular sure. uh, renowned absolutely. preacher and teacher of 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 the church throughout history absolutely such as i would say luther with his distinction of law and gospel yes the confessions kind of grasp and christian that, liberty right <laughs> but but not yeah. necessarily in the way that luther expounds it yes. with such yeah. degree of clarity and, and and brilliance i think i think something else is important to bring up is I'm not saying that what goes on today is, is the same thing, but it definitely draws its roots from that. Like, in, You see in the book of Acts like what God does in the first century church, and what God does in the first century church is the Holy Spirit moves men to get together and have a conversation about what has been taught about the gospel. 
Um, that didn't just happen at one point in time to, for us to just look at and forevermore mm. experience that. But we mm. see how the Holy Spirit moves people to have conversations about the gospel as it's being mistaught um, as something that just gives us a paradigm or framework for Christianity. Like we must always be getting together in light of what has been laid down by the apostles, the faith laid down, handed over to us, and we must be discussing it as believers in the midst of the you know, encroaching errors. Like that's just... That's just that's yeah. that's just what we yeah. do. That's a great you point. know, like yeah. we do that. Yeah. Um, if you don't do, I mean, even Paul says things in Scripture like there must be factions among you yes. for yes. those to be proved to be sure. you know be made evident. You yeah. know, so if we're not we're not doing that, then we're just. Yeah. That's why would you say that that's why we have the the formal principle of the Reformation being the Scriptures, mm-hmm. but then the material principle mm-hmm. of the Reformation being the doctrine of justification by yes. faith. So it seems that to be the case that when True Christians confess, we confess that. Yes. As opposed yeah. to yes. a yeah. counter confession. Yeah. And, yes. and, and, and you even bring up something very important too. Is like a lot of people say, well, like, why do you guys use terms that are not in scripture? Mm-hmm. Like why do you like why do you guys say double imputation? Which basically means mm-hmm. that Christ's obedience is credited to us right. and mm-hmm. our sins are credited to him, though he didn't commit them. And, you know, there's an exchange. We get his righteousness and he gets our unrighteousness through faith. You say, well, that doctrine is not in the Bible. No, but that teaching is in the exactly. Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm saying it yeah. in these terms yeah. in this verbal context so you can understand what the scriptures teach. So, you know, it's, it's, so there you have the makings of a confession, right? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, why that's I said, you know, you the, said the, the opening your, statement yeah. of any confession are yeah. things most surely believed by us to be taught in scripture. But that's because we have a counter confession by the enemy yes. who wants to give us, who wants to corrupt yeah, what we hold to be true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think I, I think a, an example of of uh, people saying like, well, it's just the words of scripture, um, and not the sense of scripture that we unfold. It's I, I was talking one time, or my friend was talking one time to a, a Jewish uh, unbeliever, and he was telling him about the first commandment, and the, you know the second commandment, don't make any graven images, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, I've never made a statue, so. <laughs> Um, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You see the, that, 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 that literalism that doesn't allow you to yeah. unfold and yeah. un, un, right. unpack right. Yeah. contextually what that means, yeah. it, it makes the scriptures yeah. nonsensical. You That's know? why, yeah. I, I, again, I go back to Luther and I think God put him to wrestle with these things in the context in which he lived. And, and he would speak of the literal prophetic sense of scripture. Mm-hmm. We take it literally, but that literal s- sense that we see and we read testifies to Christ, and that's a prophetic sense. It must testify as Scripture itself says. Well, and, and as Paul himself <clears throat> says, we see in part, we understand in part, and we speak in part. We are not always going to come to the same conclusion on certain matters as it relates, and this is one of the defining differences between the denominations, church government and the Lord's Supper. Here's what, what the... Uh, Early on, and, and the reason for the confessions and the establishment of Protestant orthodoxy is you begin as looking at concentric circles, you begin in the middle with what we hold in common and what we are convinced of, and that is the doctrine of justification. Right. We're going to be spending right. some time talking about that yes. over the next couple of weeks. The doctrine of justification, mm-hmm. the person and work of Christ, and, and the mm-hmm. covenants, and, and, it, it, yes. and it branches yes. out from yes. there. 
by the time it reaches church government, what constitutes proper government of the church? We may not be in full agreement. Yeah. But would, would all you, of our positions, whatever the position would be, is based on what I believe to be consistent with the scriptures. Yeah. Well, would you would also say that, I think on, on the one hand, I would say that our, our, our church differences or our, our teachings on the church differences are, are not most essential, but sometimes they can be. They right. are very important. Right. I, I think well, that's no, I'm, I'm even saying sociologically. I think, I think, you, I, I think for, for example, um, if the church is primarily seen ecclesiologically as an institution which does righteous things, mm. then that, you're having, okay, this is, a, this is church teaching, so it's, it's, it's not as essential as salvation teachings, but you just have encroached. Yeah upon the salvation teaching and your understanding of the church because yeah. now you have made the way you understand the church has to be a, 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 a performing doing institution which violates yeah. the tenets of, of, of the gospel. Of the gospel. So you have colluded so, with that material principle. Yeah. And so sometimes, yeah. yeah, like we have different views on, on church, so to speak, and how do we do church and that, but sometimes those differences are soteriological issues. They are salvific issues. Well, but I think this again is where your church, where your confession comes in. The confession, use, most confessions will have an article on ecclesiology. There will be a chapter on ecclesiology, defining the church as well as the purpose of the church. And also um, government, civil government. Most confessions will have a, a chapter yeah. on civil government. So again, if a person is looking for a church, see how that church by its de hey. definition or by its confession is defining the church. I think we have it in, the, in even in the canon, you know, from, you know, the old, the old Testament or the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, it's fresh in my mind. And it seems like some in the, in the congregation of the Hebrews, they wanted to confess Moses. They had a confession mm, there. Yeah. And the good. canon itself is saying, and if, if, if that's a confession you want to make, you don't have the purification of sins because yeah. Jesus Christ is the last word. Yeah. Hear him, chapter one, right? Uh, chapter two, chapter two, then it goes on to say, we don't see all things subject mm. to, to God now, but we see Christ. Mm -hmm. And then on to chapter three, consider him, and on to chapter four, rest in him. Yeah. So here we have within the canon itself, that, that material, that center, that hub of our confession, Hebrews 4, it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest yeah. who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And confession <laughs> is mentioned a few times yes. Yes. in yes. the book of Hebrews. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I hear what you're, you're saying, though, uh, Aldo, <clears throat> that some of our differences, and I think especially in defining the church, Many of the contemporary deviations in terms of defining the function or work of the church in transforming the culture, either it is A, captured in a broader view in the <laughs> confessions. It's either captured in the confessions mm -hmm. and, and more broadly as it relates to salvation, as it relates to um, the definition of the church and the function of the church or mission of the church. This is where you, your catechisms come in as well because they define what, what the confessions state. Yeah. Or, and I think this is happening within certain denominations even now, dealing with social justice issues, I think people are going beyond the pale of their confessions in how they are presently defining the function and role of the church. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, would you guys say it's fair to say that B2 
because of what the scriptures tell us about the Holy Spirit, we need to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit has been doing things in the church for centuries. Absolutely. Right? But on the other hand, and this is where I think you were saying, the Holy Spirit's still doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he has been doing things, and I need to be sensitive to that. And you know, even like you see in the book of Hebrews, this sensitivity to you know, saints' faith that went before them. But at the same time, like the Holy Spirit is still giving me clarity on the gospel that is not, uh, it's not, not some sort of, it's clear. not some sort of fanatical innovation. But there is like we have conversations all the time mm-hmm. about man. There's things that we see in the Word of God uh, now that the Holy Spirit's given us clarity to that that would be unique and not not totally different. You know. But and, again, and, and I so, think this goes back. This is where confessions help. And and, and I want to add to that probably elder that the things that we are seeing that we might consider unique. I bet you if we were to really mm. dig up in history again, somebody has said it. Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. because yeah. you know what? I look back at the Marrow controversy yeah. and, and no, the Marrow brethren, and mm-hmm. I see yeah. some of the same issues that we're dealing with today when it comes yeah. to yeah. the issue yeah. of gospel sanctification, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and the assurance of, of the promise and all of that at Christ-centeredness. It's already been dealt with. It's there in history, however there's usually a voice that tends to predominate yeah. and we can just go back dig it up it's going to be there because if 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 the if we believe that the enemy is intent on attacking the gospel mm-hmm. and the true church is confessing that period of the gospel what there has been that confession it's been recorded we we are going to be able to somehow track it back yeah. and that's the work of historian theologians and, mm-hmm. yeah. and really and it makes it very that um, very interesting well, I have, and, and, and and I have a voice. friend who's a, he's yeah. a, he's a historian and he mm-hmm. always jokingly half jokingly says that anything that has been said in the church that's new from the 16th century forward mm-hmm. is probably wrong Mm-hmm. And, and and I think his point mm-hmm. is that while we are thinking that we're coming up with yeah. new ideas, yeah. if it is truly new, yeah. then it probably, you might want to check sure. it against yeah. something. And if it's good, even if you haven't heard it before, it's probably yeah. already been said. I mean, one of the reasons why I say that is that you, you guys notice, like, the, we talked about Westminster. Well, the Westminster Confession amongst the Presbyterians was in England and Scotland. Mm-hmm. But very shortly in England, all the Presbyterians are liberal. And you have in Scotland the, rem- the remainder of, I guess you would say, the, the, those, those gospel-drenched convictions that came from the Westminster Confession, or at least some of the Westminster Confession. I would have problems with some things. Sure. Um, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but, but I think it's important to say that a lot of times we can place confidence in having confessions and sure, we could still sure. become absolutely no. dead and heretical because we're not we're not we're not yeah. clinging to the living christ no. revealed now we're just we're just being we think we're, we're okay dealing. because we have yeah. good confessions that yeah. came before us no you know? that, that yeah. the confession is not what purifies us but, but, that, but that's a mentality like hey we, we got we we got the westminster on the walls we good that's what well, I think, that's I, i'd ask them okay so let's quote it let's let's talk about it because you you mentioned something that i think is very important especially as it relates to the person work of the holy spirit we should be able to have these conversations that even with contemporary yeah. um yeah. pentecostals but let's begin the conversation. We don't necessarily end it there, but let's begin with what the confession says about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, especially within many of our denominations, if we would begin the conversation there, it changes the whole tone and tenor of the discussion of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and, and it's not because the confession says it, but because the confession, confession helps us codify what the scriptures teach about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. not going to solve all of our, all of our problems, yeah. but at least if we would begin there. I think, in, I think in Miami that's a very pertinent thing. There is this kind of culture that like, yeah, okay. I just okay. want this. Yeah, and I understand, I understand that this text has a priority. That's really what drives everything. That's what but the confession is. But there's this, I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with this sense of modern day kind of arrogance with, you know? And Aldo, that's why I think the, the intentions of this group is to always be Christ-centered. Yeah. We are acknowledging that at the very fundamental level, as Paul says in, in Romans uh, 10, you know, we, we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and confess with our mouth that uh -huh. God raised him from the dead. So that, that, that confession is, is it's just a little statement on the broader teachings of that we are saved by grace alone, yeah. without works, and all of that that entails within what the Bible teaches, uh, you know, about Christ, His person, and His work. So let's start there. And even Luther said, uh, you know, the cross is our theology. Mm. He wasn't opposed to other statements of doctrines, but he realized yeah. that it was through that confession of of Christ, His um, covenant uh, keeping for us. Right, and that's what what the scriptures testify to. If we start there. If we make yes. that the hub and the center yes. of our confession, everything else then could be um, and taken I think care that's of the way, there. That's that should be the order of the discussion. Okay, yeah. here's the, here's the topic. Okay, let's search the scriptures. Okay, so now what do our confessions say about these scriptures? Now, what's the issue? So, if it's, whether it's the Holy Spirit. The personal work of Christ, whether it's the church, let's begin with what we gather the scriptures, and here's what here's what our confession says we believe about these scriptures. Now, what's the issue? And and I think th those are the conversations that used to be had. That was that was how they had the Westminster uh, Westminster Assembly. That's that's how they gathered to to put together the confessions. That's what they did at the time that they drafted the various creeds that that are still a part of many of our churches. I think what we're seeing today is, like you said, Aldo, people, people just want some personal interpretation or they don't, I, I don't know, they, they, they have, it, it's, it, we're the fruit of the anti-intellectual age That's of right. the church, yeah. where we are untrusting of any authority and books represent authority we don't even want to have any confession we just want to feel right yeah we want to have a feeling well, well you said earlier that in itself is a confession yeah, yeah. because the the fact that i need to feel things yeah. and not yes. think things consistent right. with propositional revelation right. that is that is a ultimate view of reality yeah. that's right that, yeah. that, that's a world yeah, view. You go. There you it's go. not that's it's right. not like that's right <laughs> like yeah. you just can't yeah. get out of presenting Facts that come from an overarching worldview that have a gospel, they have tenets. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, that's just what that is. Well, this has been good, as always. I really enjoy these conversations. And we will focus on specific doctrines that we have inherited. Not that the doctrines were created at the time of the Reformation, but they were rediscovered and rearticulated. And specifically, the doctrine of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Thanks again for joining us here at Saints and Sinners Unplugged, and we look forward to you tuning in next week.